How do we communicate today? According to research, face-to-face -face communication is conveyed with uh, is conveyed with 55% nonverbal, 38 vocal, and only 7% in words. Uh, according to Albert Mehrabian, professor of psychology and a researcher on body language. In the paper Stress and Deception in Speech, Evaluating Layered Voice Analysis, the authors posit that human oral communication contains features which can be used to provide useful information about the speaker apart from the linguistic content or meaning of what was said. And that is and that is and that this indexical information can provide can prove exceedingly helpful in forensic work. In today's podcast for future CIO, we are joined by James Ellender, CEO for Behavioral Cues, to talk about the use cases for layered voice analysis or analytics. James, welcome back to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. I appreciate being invited again. So let's start off. What exactly is layered voice analysis and how does it work? Okay, so probably the easiest way to explain layered voice analysis is first of all to look at behavioral detection and behavioral cues as a uh, as part of behavioral science. So as humans, um, we will display certain behavioral indicators um, when we communicate. And as you've um, already outlined, certain of those are in the, um, the visual behavioral indicators that we display as humans when we speak or we have a conversation and actually less than 10% is through the words that we actually speak. So there's 90% of the conversation or communication comes from visually or detecting something that we perhaps cannot hear. So when someone's under an, an elevation of stress or they're excited about a subject, they're going to display or communicate in very different ways. And you would see that when you're interviewing someone with hand movements or the ways that their face will um, indicate certain cues. If we look at voice and the words that have spoken, behind that sits these biomarkers and layered voice analysis and the technology that we use is detecting 151 biomarkers within the voice to identify these genuine emotional responses. So it doesn't worry about the words that are being said, but it actually more is concerned, are you genuinely meaning what you are saying? And this algorithm and this artificial intelligence and computer learning will then be able to identify stress responses or, or levels of hesitation that us as humans can't detect in our own hearing. In terms of uh, use cases, in what areas of business is layered voice analysis being applied today? When we initially looked at this, you know, we, we're a company based in Hong Kong and our specialism is, is behavioral indicators and the use of behavioral indicators and, or cues within the commercial environment. And that could be through protective security, i.e. behavioral detection for the use of maybe law enforcement or immigration at the airport to detect persons that are acting suspiciously or carrying out hostile reconnaissance. Or it could be in the interviewing process for an employee when they're applying for a job and they could be being interviewed about their CV and if what they're actually saying or the job that they're applying for that they're actually being truthful. With layered voice analysis there's various different 
business applications that it can be used in. We started off looking at it for specifically around law enforcement and investigators, but this has become much, much wider now. And some of the areas are, are employee assessments and pre-screening. So an example of this would be is to conduct a 15 to 20 minute interview over the internet or in person using the technology where a series of questions are asked on topics. And when those questions are asked and the applicant gives a response, the technology is looking to pick up if that response is being genuine. So that could be around bribery or corruption, it could be around teamwork, it could be around the contents of the CV, around employment history or educational history. Some of the other deeper applications sit within fraud and credit risk and insurance companies are using layered voice analysis globally in some locations to help detect in the underwriting and the claims side of it. So they will maybe ask if a, a claimant is being asked a question if they're pro when their property has been burgled, if these certain items have gone uh, missing that they've declared that have gone missing during that burglary. And stress points or the biomarkers can be detected within the voice to then assist the claims department to see if they're actually being genuine in, the, in their responses about what has been taken during that burglary. Another application is around banking and within finance and loan applications. You know, a common question could be asked by the employee of the bank, you know, can you afford to repay the loan? And the applicant for the loan replies, yes, of course I can afford to repay it. But the, the technology detects that they're actually not being genuine in their response. So it then gives an opportunity to explore it more. Really, is it affordable to them? One of the other applications um, that I'll touch upon is call centers where it's being widely used, I believe, in Japan currently. The technology company that we work with are widely using it and it's been deployed over there in call centers. And the way call centers use it is, is in, in three ways. It monitors the conversation between the call center customer service person and the person that's calling up. And what the software is there to do, it's there to detect if the, if the customer is getting irate or stressed or uncomfortable with the conversation, or likewise, if the customer service operator is. And at that point, it would flag to a manager and then the manager can interrupt into the call or come in to help save it, to help preserve the relationship with the client. So there's a lot of wide uses here. And fundamentally, if you look at it, it's around um, risk mitigation and protection by utilizing um, LPA technology. So let, let's say an organization intends to apply layered voice analysis. What sort of technologies or processes need to be introduced? And for that matter, what kind of expertise is needed to make L the LBA investment effective? In the simplest form, it can be deployed on a laptop, and this could be more for investigations or employee screening. So the actual hardware is very minimal, and the software integration is very easy as well. It can be deployed remotely, um, installed onto the laptop, and then deployed. On much larger scale operations, for call centers, or when you're looking at into claims handling or underwriting, or into the credit risk side for, for lending, it's gonna be have to be integrated into the current operation within the service that sit within those call centers or those contact centers. But the application, you know, has the ability for the SDK and API integration. It's fairly easy to do working with the technology departments and the IT, but it has to be coordinated. Then coming on to the training side of it, the software is simple in a lot of ways. The technology is complicated, but the front end 
side of it is very, very easy to use. And in the majority of cases, excluding maybe the complex investigations for law enforcement and government, if we were looking at the commercial sector, it takes only an hour or two to deliver the training to the persons that are going to be operating it. And do you need to have a, a certain degree or a predisposition to be an effective or is that being sent over to behavioral cues to do that part? So there's two ways. So from a from an employee screening perspective, we assist organizations with giving them the ability for us to conduct the interview on behalf of the recruiter or the HR department. So if they're looking to recruit a number of people for a certain role, they can pass those applicants to us and they can be anonymous. We don't need to know their name. It could just be a contact number and um, or an email address or, or they can contact us to um, get through on a Zoom link and they can be given an identity fire number and, and we could conduct the interview on the client's behalf and then we can analyze the results and provide that over to the client alternatively and from an employment screening perspective the client can actually use it and you, you only need an hour's training around that but you would need to really understand the discipline that you're working within so if if you're used to conducting employment interviews recruitment interviews um you'd obviously have a stance that you you'd be going down um but the software is there to provide a report at the end and that report is very very easy to to understand it will highlight the high stress areas or the hesitation or the say and stop uh, accounts when someone's looking to say something and then they stop and then they have an about term so it's very very easy to decipher if you're looking for more of the fraud risk and credit risk of deploying LVA or in the call centers. Again, the persons that are going to be operating it are going to be operating a current legacy system, their, their current own system of screening, underwriting, claims handling, or loan applications. And they will go through a series of questions. This is just an additional tool. It's not there to replace what they're currently doing. It's there to actually just give them some further insight into the applicant and give them an indication if there's a topic that they need to probe to help them make that assessment much better and reduce the risk for the organization. Now, a while back, you mentioned challenges. Uh, I assume that there may be, uh, may or may not be integration challenges that come with introducing LVA into the process. Yeah, I suppose probably one of the biggest challenges will always exist is if you're looking at large banking institutes that have secure systems and they've gone through a lot of testing, a lot of um, life cycle to get those systems installed and then you're looking to add in another piece of software there's always initially going to be trust issues around that so we'd have to overcome explaining how the process works the good thing is is around the data that is collected it doesn't need any communication back with the technology provider once you have the software installed um, within the server or within the laptop it's there and the assessments can be conducted or it can run seamlessly without any form of you know talking back to the technology provider. The only thing that would have to happen is the occasional um, software updates around that. So that's one challenge that you'd have to come on, and, and that's obviously a project management perspective. There's very few other challenges that exist there because all you're looking to do is looking to integrate it into the current systems that sit there. So you, you just have to project manage it through that process. And as I've already mentioned, training is very, very minimal. So to train the personnel to do it should be quite easy.
What about training the machine itself to pick up? Because uh, I mean, we're in Hong Kong. It's a multicultural business environment. Uh, you could be interviewing a, a certain ethnicity, and they may have come with a predisposition in terms of how they speak or how they communicate. Is, is, you need to train the machine for that one. No, not at all. It's language independent, so it analyzes the responses in any language. It's not actually analyzing the words that are said. It's looking at the biomarkers that sit within those. Responses. The 151 biomarkers yes. that you mentioned there. What about the issue of pot- any potential issues again around privacy? It's always an area to look at around the privacy side of it. But you know, the majority with call centers nowadays, you know, there is that disclaimer that they say that calls are being recorded and will be monitored for operational and training purposes. And then, of course, if you're looking to do it from an employee screening perspective, you're not looking them to give away personal details or provide any personal data around that. And if they wish to apply for the role, it would be voluntary to conduct the assessment. But if that is part of what the company or organization's policies are to do that, it's just like a personality assessment or a part of the pre-employment screening or background checks that you would do. This is just another tool that sits there. What we're not trying to do is push the boundaries in respect of personal data. And I, and I think all the policies and procedures exist within organizations at the moment. So this should be able to seamlessly um, integrate in and not cause any difficulty around that. How would an organization determine if LVA is what they really need and how do they go about deciding the steps that they need to in order to deploy LVA in the event that, yeah, this is what we really need? So I suppose it's looking really at the objectives of what an organization um, wants to achieve. So, you know, if they're looking around, again, insurance claims and they believe that they've got a high level of perhaps fraudulent claims or their underwriting processes aren't detecting some of the areas that they would expect it to do, that they know that they've got an intelligence gap or an operational gap within their processes. Does LVA fill that gap? And again, it comes back to reducing risk and cost to the organization. And again, with fraud cases around that, if you've got a high amount of loan applications that are turning into bad debtors in the future because people can't afford to pay, there is something fundamentally going wrong in that credit scoring or credit risk process initially. Does LVA solve that problem for them? Independently, I don't think it would do, but coupling it with existing and current legacy processes that they go through in claims handling or within lending. This is another tool to help identify topics or areas of concern to give you a flag to help determine that overall risk. Now, if you believe that this tool is going to help and it's going to plug that gap, the next step would be to probably run a proof of concept. And a proof of concept can be easily done by ourselves, working with the organization to help, first of all, identify those objectives, that scope of work, and then outline really how we're going to achieve that. And does this tool actually aid their decision making? Because it's a decision making tool. It's a tool that exists there to help them make a final decision, not to determine the final decision. So proof of concept is very, very easy um, to undertake. And, you know, from the technology side, um, you know, that has been done worldwide 
in you know multiple locations all the time and then it's really working out that cost benefit analysis and maybe doing a SWOT analysis around it you know does it you know save money reduce the risk reduce fraud cases in you know increase time decrease time and looking at that overall assessment and then I think the organization can really determine if, if LVA is that product that they need the final thing I would say is, you know, with technology advances and the way criminals work, and and that's where we started with the product, was the product was there to aid us in fraud cases or complex financial crime cases, interviewing suspects. But there's a much, much wider area to look at. You know, we come back to that, does it solve a problem for us? And for us, we believe it does. It's an added tool, and if it's deployed properly, it will reduce the risk within the organisation and save considerable money. And all also enhance that customer experience. Is it the service uh, subscription base or a one-off purchase in terms of the solution? It's a mixture of both, um, dependent upon the application um, and how it's deployed. So it can be, it will be a one-off cost generally initially to get it installed, and then it will be um, based upon usage um, or assumed usage or operational size around how many desks or seats or operators might well use it. But the good thing is we can work out something that works for the organization to ensure it is the right product and the, and the costings for the client. James, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you so much, Alan. That was James Ellender, CEO for Behavioral Cues in Hong Kong, on the topic of demystifying layered voice analytics. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music